This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for listening in or watching us on YouTube. We always appreciate it. And, of course, we're brought to you locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling systems. Daryl, another day in paradise as far as the Browns are concerned, as we inch a little bit closer to the Baltimore Ravens. And the big talk at camp today about who will play left guard. Would you say that was the biggest story? You mean left tackle? Left tackle. See, it was so big that I forgot what position it was. Left tackle. Uh, This is not the right time for the Browns' offensive line to be in shambles, which it is. Um, The the loss of Jedrick Wills uh, for the next four to six weeks is pretty sizable. Um, You know, James Hudson uh, is going to have to step in. Uh, they've got uh, Dewan Jones, who did not practice because he's got shoulder and knee injuries that he's dealing with. Uh, so he didn't practice on Wednesday. Like, this is the wrong damn time for this offensive line to be beat up because the Baltimore Ravens will kick the crap out of them if, if, if you know, they're not at full strength. Uh, that front with Baltimore is really, really good. Uh, it might be better than the Browns front, and the Browns front is really, really good. So, um, it, it's the worst possible time for the Browns to uh, have the offensive line in shambles. Joel Batonio didn't practice either. Not too concerned about that. He usually gets Wednesdays off. But um, Dewan Jones not being able to practice, I think, scraps the idea that, hey, you're going to move him to the left side, have him play left tackle, have James Hudson play uh, right tackle. We heard from Wyatt Teller, who kind of explained to us today just how difficult that is uh, to ask um, of Jones to do to go from the right side to the left side. Uh, of course, Hudson's been doing it, 
Uh, he played some right tackle on Sunday, played some left tackle uh, on Sunday, and that went over the Cardinals. So, yeah, they're in really, really bad shape up front right now, Andy. Daryl, what did Wyatt say? I'm curious because I've been thinking about this all day. How hard is it? Well, I mean, he just explained that it's, you know, it, it's hard because your technique is opposite. Like you, you have to remember that your, your footwork is opposite. Uh, your hand placement is opposite. So it can be done. It has been done, but like for a guy like Dewan Jones, he needs reps doing it though. You know what I'm saying? Like um, they had been training him basically at right tackle through the, most of the off season and training camp and stuff like that. And so it, um, you know, when Jack Conklin got hurt in week one, suffered that season ending knee injury, like Dewan was at least able to, he was able to step in effectively, I think in part because that's where he had been working. So now if you want to have this conversation about, Hey, let's move Dewan over to the blind side uh, to protect Deshaun's blind side now um, and have James Hudson over on the right side, because Dewan is the better player. Well, I just and and the fact that Dewan is now banged up, I just think that complicates everything, don't you? Yeah. So my question then is, when Kevin Stefanski was talking at the press conference today about we have options, we have options. I mean, they kind of don't have options, do they? No, I think no. you got to go play it straight. No, they don't. Like they don't have options. <laughs> they really don't. Um, to me, those are your options. Well. The I think the other part of the question is is uh, what is it? Jerron Christian, uh, Leroy Watson, who they just got in. They've got Alex Leatherwood and uh, Justin Murray. So they, uh, Leatherwood and Murray are on the practice squad. I, I just I, I, my problem is it's the Ravens this week, right? That's the hard part. Yeah, it's I'm, the Ravens this week. Here, here's what the Browns are going to be facing. Front page of the Ravens notes. I won't lie that I'm cheating here. Uh, the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are number one defensively in the following categories. Get your pen and paper out. There will be a test, uh, sacks with 35, uh, offensive TDs allowed just nine points per game allowed 13.8 yards per play 4.08, uh, red zone touchdown percentage 33.3%, uh, opposing quarterback rating 69.7 yards per pass allowed five and a half. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, you can throw the Brown stats in there with a rookie quarterback that those, I mean, they help them. They help them a little bit. I still, how did, my question for you is how did the Colts beat them? What did they, what didn't they do? Like, what could the Browns learn from that Colts law, uh, from the Colts win over the Ravens? But more importantly than that, what do you think the Browns learned about themselves when they got beat by the Ravens? Well, defensively, they, I'm not even talking about offensively. I'm talking about defensively because that was the first time they were really susceptible to the run. Well, not only that, and Baltimore has been running the ball really, really well of late too, which is scary. <laughs> um, uh, but the Browns have been pretty good defending the run, so that's that's a little bit of an intriguing matchup. But um, I mean, part of it is you could say they were they. I, I'm not trying to make excuses, but because the offense was so bad against them that the defense spent a lot of time on the field against the Ravens that game. And you know, that leads to part of it. They had to defend short fields too. Right. Right. So I think that that um, factors in, but um, 
I was kind of optimistic going into this week. And now you're not. And all of a sudden I'm not optimistic at all. All because of the offensive line. It's all because yeah. of the offensive line or just I, because you started I, reading numbers. I, I think I think this game comes uh, down to the trenches. And right now I think the Ravens have the distinct advantage in the trenches. Um uh, on both sides of the ball, or it's yeah. in particular when the Browns yeah. have on offense. Absolutely on both sides of the ball. And Deshaun's not hundred percent. Let's be honest about that. Um, and he's not going to be hundred percent for the rest of the season. He's just, I, from, from my perspective, I think he's just trying to gut his way through this rotator cuff injury. And then we'll find out in the off season if he really does need surgery, but, mm. um, you know, the, they're saying he doesn't, uh, they've said that he doesn't, but, um, you know, and he apparently got through the Cardinals game clean, even though he did take a couple of good shots, uh, he downplayed that in his Wednesday media availability when he was asked specifically about it. Like, hey, you, you did take some shots, so did you really come out of that okay? And he said, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I'm I'm fine. Uh, it, you know, it's just football. But um, you can kind of you can kind of see like, and we saw it again on Wednesday where he's just he's shaking that right arm in between throws and stuff like that. So he's not a hundred percent comfortable with things, but he's. I think as good as he's going to get. And that's why you know he's out there. But um, uh, when, when I look at this game, man, whew, it, it, it worries me. It really does worry me that, you know, uh, the Browns haven't been able to beat the Ravens many times since 1999. And I, I just, I, you know, uh, on, on paper, it doesn't look good. Uh, for well, so the best part about what you're saying right now is you sounded exactly the same way before San Francisco. So maybe this is the week the Ravens lay an egg. Well, he, no, but here's the difference. The Browns didn't have half their offensive line beat up against. Well, you're already missing one starter. You, we've been missing a starter for forever. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, my bigger. And your run game hasn't really been all that effective. Like, you know, Kareem and Jerome and Pierre, like they've been okay. Kareem scoring. They get, I mean, the reality is though they're averaging less than four yards a carry combined. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I so I had this I had this conversation with Jamal White the other day about how how do you know your running game is effective? Like, what should you ask for out of a running game? With Nick Chubb, you knew you could feel good that you were probably going to get somewhere around 100 yards, if not more. And then you throw in another back there, you're probably up to like 125, 130, somewhere in there. And I, I said, give me a number. Give me a number about the running backs that you should feel confident that if your running backs, no matter how many you have, can hit this number, good things are going to happen. And he's like 50 yards back when you got three backs. I just, I agree with you. I think there it's going to be difficult for even one of those guys to get 50 yards against the Ravens, let alone three. So unless you, you know, bust off a big run or something like that, that happens. So I, I think when you're trying to dissect this and try to figure out, okay, this is the plan of attack the Browns are going to have to use. Cause I agree with you and with Deshaun not being healthy, which means you're probably going to go to a conservative offense, which means you're probably going to be trying to th throw the ball, you know, five to 10 yards on every throw. If you're going to throw, or you're going to try to set up screens, or you're going to try to just get a little bit at a time. I just don't see them being able to get the big. I, even though he had a couple nice long throws against Arizona, I just think, man, the Ravens DBs are just so much better than Arizona's. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. Now the good news for the Browns is 
they've got one of the best secondaries in the NFL. But Greg Newsom's hurt, and he didn't practice on Wednesday, and he's hoping to get out there. But, um, you know, and Cameron Mitchell's on injured reserve. So now all of a sudden, that is being challenged, right? Your your depth in your secondary is really being challenged. So, um, I mean, yeah, Baltimore came to town missing like, I don't know, if, what felt like 22 guys. Uh, and they came out with a dominating 28-3 to win, but that was because, well, Dorian Thompson-Robinson got thrown to the Wolves, and, you know, uh, that, that was what it was. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Browns. This, uh, I have no illusions that they're winning the division. I, I know that's, you know, a big hot topic, right? Oh, the division's on the line. No, not really. Browns aren't winning the AFC North. I mean, look, well, they, I'm not going to sit here and say they're not going to win, but I, I agree with you. The percentages are, are in your way. All right, Daryl, when we come back, I want to bring up a question that you brought up uh, today when you were having your media uh, availability, and we'll bring that up when we come back. It was a very interesting question about the offense, so we'll do that when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mobile sports betting has been legal in the state of Ohio for about, uh, what is this, uh, November? More than so a year. Almost a year, right? Yeah, about a year. BetQL is here to help you make the most informed bets possible. You can see all of today's best bets. Go to BetQL.com or download the BetQL app. Claim your free three-day trial today. <laughs> uh, head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan where you can get all your exclusive sportsbook offers. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for being on board with us. Uh, and we also really want to thank everybody who's watching us on YouTube. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, letting you in on where we are, where's where's Andy this week. We know Daryl's going to be sitting in the studio, although he was in Seattle and sometimes we're at the stadium. Um, but uh, we want to thank our friends at uh, um, at Smiley One, who's outstanding. They are unbelievable. And their friends at Bryant as well. So Bryant and Smiley One, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling uh, installer. So uh, Daryl, let's, let's jump into a question that you asked today. And I thought it was interesting. How can the Browns get more out of their wide receiving core than two touchdowns from Amari Cooper? Uh, I have no idea. Throw him the ball, I guess. <laughs> like, That's your answer? That's the 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 wisdom, the Mensa-like power between the ears of yeah. Daryl Ryder? You I, asked the question, what was the answer? Uh, 
that was about the that was the equivalent of the answer I got. Which we have was, options. We have options. We have options. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's not real good. Um, here's the funny thing, because I was I was looking at the numbers. Because uh, I, I asked that question on behalf of the Baskin and Phelps show, just so you know. Well, thank you, Daryl. You're a good man. Because that has been a big I thing said, in the back of uh, Jeff's on a weekly Scrum basis. Uh, on a weekly basis, you hit me over the head with a sledgehammer about that. And, it's not me. It's uh, my partner. You know uh, that, right? Elijah Moore has 29 catches this year, by the way, which is six fewer than Amari Cooper. Hmm. Uh, uh, that's the good news. Uh, the bad news is Amari has 617 yards, whereas Elijah Moore has 270. There's no explosion right. when they throw the ball to Elijah Moore. Um, and that's a problem. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what they did this offseason doesn't seem to really be working all that well. Uh, I asked Kevin Stefanski about that on Wednesday as well because, like, we all got excited, myself included, when we're seeing how Elijah was being used and running around, coming out of the backfield, all this other stuff. You know, motion. He was the champion of Greenbrier, right? Uh, well, he, he was the training camp MVP. And now in the regular season, like none of this crap's working. It's it just not like, uh, and anytime it does work flag on the play comes back. Right. Uh, Holy. you know, it's, uh, it, uh, the run game right now I'm looking, uh, he's got eight carries for 11 yards. His longest run was 19. So do some math there. Do some quick math on that one. I can't. I don't do math. So I was told there would be no math. There's so no that means if you take away the 19 yard run, right? Which obviously you can't, but I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my inner Butch Davis here. You take away that 19 yard run. That means on seven carries, he is a combined minus eight yards. Yeah, that's not good. Hang on, I am I got my calculator. Yeah, that's not good. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, look, and, and Stefanski, you know, said that the offense is the, the passing games built around Amari and Elijah and David Njoku and the running backs and, and all that. And when you look at the numbers, Andy, like, yeah, I mean, outside of Jerome Fort, I mean, your top receivers on this team this year, here are the numbers. Amari Cooper, 35 for 617, two touchdowns. David Njoku, 32. Catches 319, two touchdowns. Elijah Moore, 29 catches, 270 yards, and that's about it. Jerome Ford, 20 catches, a buck 39, and a pair of touchdowns. Um, and then that's it. Like, the, then, then it just completely disappears. Your next leading receiver is Donovan Peoples-Jones, who no longer plays here. Eight catches for 97 yards. Kareem Hunt, who is still here and used to be used in the passing game until this year. Uh, he has six catches for 58 yards. Nick Chubb's got to be in there. I think he had at least two catches. Uh, Nick Chubb has four catches for 21 yards. Was he next? No, he's ahead of Marquise Goodwin, though, who has three catches for 10 yards this season. That's unbelievable. And he's ahead of Harrison Bryant, who has three catches for seven yards. Pierre Strong has two catches for 30. I mean, this is just, you're right. I mean, the, the, the production is not great. But they're five and three. Uh, they have uh, found a way to win five football games by having very minimal production from people catching the football, not Nate, David Njoku or Amari Cooper. But that is something that I think that they're going to have to address. What amazes me is how effective Amari has been, Andy, despite being like 
the worst. The only guy that everyone has to really have to cover, right? Like it's just in the Browns are throwing the ball to the guy wearing the number two Jersey. That's where the football is going. Right. And he's still, I mean, he's, he still beats corners and safeties on a regular basis, gets behind them and uh, you know, is able to make plays. He did it twice against the Arizona Cardinals. So um, yeah, I, I wish I had an answer for you. I don't, I, I don't know what they do. Um, we talked about this on the midday show. Like this is par for the course for the Cleveland Browns. You know, whether Kevin Stefanski's the head coach or the 20 other guys that came before him, um, in the expansion era. And I say that tongue in cheek, I know it's not the 20 guys, but like, this is the way it's been. The Browns offense has been hot garbage the entire expansion era with the exception of like three seasons. Four, four. Uh, the Hoyer year until Alex Mack got hurt and, and Johnny took over. Uh, when you had, yeah, when Johnny took over, when you had Jerevicious, Winslow, and Edwards, that was a good year. 2007, yeah. 2020, those were really the, the big scoring years for the Browns. The rest yeah. of it's been hot garbage. Like every team in the NFL scores 400 points with their eyes closed, except for the Browns. Like it's a struggle bus every year to get to 400 points. Um, sure. and, that's, and that's even with now a 17th game on the schedule. So, uh, you know, the, the Browns aren't scoring uh, a, a, a ton of points right now either. Uh, they're right now at 181. They're still over the plus though. Right. Like I think only the Ravens and the Browns. Uh, the, the Browns are giving up 139 points uh, per game. But yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I don't know how they fix that. Um, but thank God for Amari Cooper or else this passing game would be really, really, really awful. And look, maybe Deshaun, uh, you know, maybe getting Deshaun back, uh, you know, maybe Deshaun helps Elijah more, right? Cause let's, let's not forget there, you know, four or five games there, Deshaun wasn't on the field, right? It was Dorian Thompson Robinson or PJ Walker. So maybe that plays a part in this whole equation. I just I, I will say this because there's a there's just been a boatload of criticism being thrown uh, around at the Browns and Kevin Stefanski and Deshaun Watson and and all this other kind of stuff like the morning show threw something out there like it, uh, um, on uh, the station Twitter account of like have we seen already seen the best of Deshaun Watson like I just feel like it's too early. I we don't know how you can say that. We, 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 seen just, the we, best need already, we need to see how this year plays out, right? Yeah. Before before yeah. we start sitting here and talking about did, was the trade the worst of all time and this, that, and the other. Like, let's give this thing an honest chance. Like last year really doesn't even count, right? That was a throwaway right. yeah, throw year. So and he got hurt this year. So let's see how he finishes. Let's see how the team finishes. Let's see what this offense looks like. I just feel like the sample size is too small to be painting with a broad brush right now, whether the trade of for Deshaun was a success or an abject failure, or if we've seen, if Deshaun has already played his best football and uh, his career is going to go downhill from here and, and stuff like that. Like, I just, I, I think it's too early for that. Can, can we play the rest of this season before we start worrying about this stuff? Like they are five and three. If the playoffs started as we have this conversation right now, they're in as the and they're not even the bottom team. No, they they would play. The Bengals are. Yeah, they would play Jack. They would travel to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars on Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, well done, marketing man. But like, I just, I just think that every, and, and I get it. Like, we all have our hot takes and stuff like that. But 
I just think the time and place for the hot takes. And right now is not the time for the hot take that Deshaun sucks and this trade was an abject failure and the worst in the history of the franchise or the NFL or whatever. Like, let's see how this goes. Hey, Deshaun could go out and throw for 350 yards as I'm sitting here crapping all over their chances to beat the Ravens, right? Because the Ravens right. defense is really good. It's right there next, neck and neck with the Cleveland Browns defense. And, and to me, that's the attraction of this game. Which of these two great defenses is going to win this game on Sunday? Is it going to be the Browns or is it going to be the Ravens, right? You know, which quarterback is going to find a way to pick apart uh, one of these great defenses? Will it be Lamar Jackson or is it going to be Deshaun Watson, right? So um, I just, you know, this is a fascinating game. I, I, I have a, I, I'm very worried because of the condition of the Browns offensive line, but there's a lot of unique storylines going into uh, this second matchup between these two teams. And I've got a good one for you when we return on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. It is always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Bryant and Smiley One, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling system. All right, uh, Daryl, I, I want to play a little game with you, okay? And here's the game. Oh, I like games. Yeah, not this Monday, but next Monday after the Steelers game. Oh, after the, Browns, after the Steelers game, okay. After the Steelers game, so uh, it depends on when you're watching this or listening. So that it. will be uh, November 20th. November 20th, or as I like to say, five days before Bernie's birthday. The uh, By the way, we're recording this on the anniversary of the day that Bernie was released from Bill Belichick. Uh, Some pretty cool stuff on Instagram about it. And they had the newspaper. I was like, oh, that was, so this that was is, interesting. This, um, is, this is National Diminishing Skills Day? Is that what this yeah, is? Yeah, so uh, Phelps told me, good sir. I don't know if he told me on air, so I don't know if I should do it. But I, apparently, it. <laughs> what? Yeah, go ahead and share it. Why not? Yeah, it, it, there's nothing dirty or anything about it. He just said when Bernie found out he was gone, he w wrote on one of the polls in Berea in the locker room um, to his teammates, you guys are the greatest or something. Something he wrote like, you, you, best wishes, good luck to all of you, my friends in the locker room, Bernie Kosar, right? And apparently Bill had that thing down in like less than three hours, already painted. <laughs> So here's the game we're going to play. Ready? This is after the Steelers game. Right, the so Browns will be A, 5 and 5, uh B, 6 and 4, or C, 7 and 3. Uh I'm going to go B. Uh, they'll be 6 and 4. They're going to split. They're going to lose to the Ravens but beat the Steelers. And you feel good about that? I feel very good about that. Take right. it to the bank. Uh, let me check our, our uh, prize board here. Should that come out, you'll win a bag of nothing. Congratulations. Okay. Excellent. A big bag of nothing. So good for you. I'm very I'm proud of you. getting a big bag of nothing, so it's okay. I'm I'm the league leader in getting the bags of nothing. <laughs> First place. You will Super get Bowl nothing, champions. and you will like it. Oh, Spalding, come on. Uh, I, I tend to want to agree with you that I think they'll be six and four after that Pittsburgh game. There is a crazy 
part of me that has a weird feeling about Sunday's game that is still optimistic you think and maybe go- not as tainted as yours because you've been in Berea today. Well, it's just yep. I, I'm looking at it practically here. I'm not rooting against them or anything, but I'm just looking sure. at the, the practical situation. The condition of the offensive line going against that defensive front right now is not very good. And if you're looking, and you know, for as many times as Kevin Stefanski said, as he worked around all the questions about what they're going to do at left tackle and right tackle and all that, like for as many options as they say they might be sorting through, um, I think that the fact that Dewan, like if Dewan was able to practice on Wednesday. Right. And you worked him at left tackle. I, I'd probably feel a little bit better because, okay, he got, he's getting three days of reps at left tackle. Right. And right. whereas now the most he's going to get is two. And I, I just feel like full speed reps matter that, that, that's my whole point. Right. And, right. And, so, and the other, the other thing too is, is you, you may be better off leaving Dewan Jones now at right tackle, even if you want to move him to the left side. And I'm not saying the Browns do, but we're just. Do you think, don't you, don't you feel like that's his future though? Daryl, do you think that's his future? It should be, but. Okay. I mean, you take an off season to figure it out. Right. That's what you're saying. Andrew Barry loves him some Jedrick Wills though. So maybe he could love Jed on the other side. Well, I I mean. Maybe uh, Jed would like to be Jed on the other side. Well, my. We're going to find out next offseason if they extend Jed Wills because, right. you know, he's got that that final year of the rookie deal that got, you know, that option that got picked up and it's fully guaranteed and all that. But that that's, I think, when we're going to find out if, how much Andrew Berry relives Jed is if they give him a contract extension. But um, I, my point is I think they're better off just leaving the line the same this week. Right. Put Dewan, keep Dewan on the right side. Have, have James Hudson over at left tackle. Because you don't have enough time to work the wand over there, and then maybe next week for the Steelers game, make that switch up, and and have that going forward. But I, I mean, I, there's just, I just, yeah, I just, I don't have a good feeling about that that line. And you know, the, the good news is Deshaun has the ability to run. He's very mobile, right? Right. And he's probably going to have to do a lot of that on. Uh, yeah, that scares me because that means this, there's an opportunity for Deshaun to not take care of the football. And when they don't take care of the football, they turn the ball over or or, or not take care of himself because he's taking risks. True. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, you took the I mean, that, that those, those are the you know, that's the number one thought in my head when I, I look at this game, like the, the the most important thing that has to happen. Sunday for the Browns, no turnovers. They cannot turn the ball over. The Ravens are very good at creating turnovers, and the Ravens' defense is very good at scoring off of turnovers. Okay? Uh, so they have to they have to take care of the ball uh, this, this weekend because if they don't, I mean, we saw what happened in that first game. You give Lamar Jackson a short field, and he will burn your ass every time. That's just what Lamar Jackson does. Um, you know, the other part of this with the Deshaun conversation that we were having in the last segment, Andy, look, mm-hmm. uh, the I would say the unfiltered, no context, no uh, allowing for understanding of any situation, right, is – this is a this is why the Browns gave up six draft picks and paid him $230 million to go to Baltimore and win this game, to outplay Lamar Jackson, right? But right. he's not a hundred percent. He's he's 
playing through this rotator cuff injury. Uh, and, you know, came out last week okay in his return. Good to see. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, the unvarnished truth is this, this is why the Browns went and got Deshaun for these type of games. I and, absolutely totally agree with you. Like, and, I don't, you know, even if he's hurt, even if there's a situation going on right now, this is why you traded for Deshaun. This is Deshaun Watson's game on Sunday. You want to say that you've reached the next level. You want to say that you have a franchise quarterback. You want to say that he was worth every pick they traded and every dollar you spent. It doesn't matter what's happened to him in the past. He can change every mind this week. If he goes out and beats Baltimore and has a Hercules, I don't even know that he has to be Hercules out there. He just has to be efficient this week. Don't turn the ball over. Don't do anything stupid, right? If guys catch balls and he can move the team down the field, I think the defense can do enough to help him if he just has a good game. That's where it's all got to start. Now, they might not be able to overcome Baltimore because they're better, right. but, man, it all starts with that. Well, and the other thing, too, is let's, let's be honest about it. The Browns have done um, a good job containing Lamar Jackson over the years. The, yeah. the, the, the problem is that the Browns don't win the games, right? I mean, they're, they're competitive. So Baltimore, I'm trying to remember who said this, Daryl, and I'm not trying to cut you off. Somebody from Baltimore that it was um, uh, uh, Jamal Lewis, I think, was the one that said it after he had come over to the Browns. He said, when I played in Baltimore, we just knew we had to show up. Uh, essentially, I'm paraphrasing what he said. Right. We would show up. All we had to do was play football. And at the end of the day, we knew the Browns would do something wrong that we would capitalize and win the game. And he yeah. was right every time. I mean, the Ravens. Okay, so the Ravens, I, I had to look it up because I want to make sure my numbers were accurate. Uh, right. 13 and 36. That's what the Browns are against the Ravens. Lamar Jackson uh, in um, 10 games against the Browns. He's got 13 touchdowns, six interceptions, a quarterback rating of 100. And he's thrown for 1590 yards, right? Right. So now you you average that out. I mean, you're if you're able to hold him, Andy, to 159, 160 yards a game passing, right? And you're able to hold him to around a touchdown per game. Two, maybe one, two. Yep. You, you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. that that's pretty good. Now. Where he has also hurt the Browns, though, is running the ball. Um, but when you talk about throwing, like, yeah, it's – I mean, they've done a good job of containing him. And uh, – but, again, they don't win the games. You know, let's set aside the 28-3 to loss, okay? For, okay. Because, again, the, the extenuating circumstance going – No, I just remember at the end of the last game, they put up these gaudy numbers he has against the state of Ohio between right. us and the Bengals. Right. So, <clears throat> uh, last uh, December 17th, Browns win 13-3. Remember, they lost in Baltimore. Uh, they, I think they create. I think it was the game they – Lamar threw four interceptions in that game, and the Browns still lost like 23-20. to Yep. Um, the Browns won – uh, 24-22 in December 2021. Uh, end of November 2021, they lose 16-10. Actually, no, I think that was the game because it was low scoring. I think that was the game that was the the four turnovers. But okay. uh, you know, uh, uh, December 14, 2020, that was the uh, Lamar Jackson had to use the bathroom game. Uh, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. 47-42. Yeah, so um, I'll use the bathroom. Right? Not yeah. 
earlier that season, very non-competitive. The Ravens just absolutely opened a can on them, 38-6. to Same with uh, the second matchup in 2019, uh, 31-15. Uh, Browns then, uh, th- this is the game that I look at, 40-25. to That was really the only time in the expansion year in which the Browns just kicked the holy you-know-what out of the Ravens, and they did oh, it. I remember. Um, that was like one of Baker's greatest games, and it could not have gone better. But my point with reading off some of these scores, Andy, you know, they've been competitive. Like they've lost 33, 27, uh, 25, 20. Um, they won a 33, 30 game, uh, you know, lost 23, 21, uh, 14, six. Like, it's not like the Ravens have just absolutely blown the Browns out of the building. Every time these two teams play the, I, I think that the frustrating thing is when you quote, look at this, Rivalry, and I use rivalry very loosely because it's basically a one-sided ass-kicking contest. Right. Uh, they're cl- like the Browns have been really, really competitive. The frustrating part is pff, they just can't win. Remember the kick six, right? Yes. Like, I, so it, it, it's that to me has been like the frustrating part of this matchup is the Browns have been close in so many of these games to beating the Ravens. And they've shown, hey, we belong on the same field as these guys. And they just haven't been able to win. And when I look at this game Sunday, they absolutely belong on the same field as Baltimore. I just kind of feel like the condition of the offensive line right now, not knowing who's available Sunday, right? Right. I I have to give the advantage objectively to the Ravens. But I, I do feel like, and I'm with you, like I came into the week optimistic. I came into the week optimistic. Hey, Browns can go down there and, 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 and surprise everybody and beat these guys. I love what Wyatt Teller said on Wednesday. He said, these guys aren't 9-0. Like, they're they're not invincible. Now, no, and, and Lamar Jackson still makes mistakes. I mean, he, right. but you've got to capitalize on all of them. So right. we'll see you what know, happens, Daryl. Yeah, I mean, he said, they're, they, you know, they're a really good team. They're a damn good team. Uh, this isn't going to be easy. Not a cakewalk. But, hey, man. That's why we play the game and that, you know, so um, I'm not going to, I'll be honest. I'm not going to pick the Browns to win and I hope I'm wrong. Uh, We all do, Daryl. We all do. I I, I think it's going to be, I I think it's going to be a nail biter. Save your fingernails for Sunday. I said the same thing today. I agree with you. It's going to come down to the wire. Let's see if the Browns can take one at the wire. For our producer, Meredith Kane, he is Daryl Ryder. Make sure you check us out at 92.3 the fan all the time and make sure you're reading Daryl's work at 923thefan.com as well. Again, we thank Meredith and we thank you for listening on the Odyssey app and watching us on YouTube. It's always game day in Cleveland.